This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Well, hello everybody. It's Sunday night and you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640 with me, Laura Bellata of singleinthecity.ca. Filling in for Sandra tonight is Angie Seth. She's a weekend news anchor at Global News. She's going to be my co-host today. Now, fitness and health kicks have been a big trend over the last decade or so, and many people have paid more attention to improving their health. Food is a big part of our lives, and today on the show, I wanted to discuss the connection between how eating and living healthier helps you have happier relationships, because believe it or not, there is a major correlation. I am joined by Dr. Baljeet Kamba a naturopath who researches nutrition for mental health. She's here to discuss how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. Welcome, Dr. Kamba, and welcome, Angie. Well, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Angie, long time. I you know. were on our show a little while ago, I and know. now you're my co-host. And we were so talking thanks. about being single, and I said, I'm so not single. <laughs> That's okay. This show is not just about being single. It's also about being in a relationship. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. So, Dr. Kamba. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us the main co- connection food has to our relationships? Right. So there are many connections and many factors when it comes to the dynamics of a relationship, right? So how we interact with our person can be influenced by learned behaviors or patterns, even sleep quality, um, current stressors. But did you ever consider the fact that that plain white bagel with cream cheese and coffee may also contribute to your everyday social interactions? Yes, I have. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're consistently consuming things like processed foods that are full of sugar or high fat, those bad fats, um, then your brain, which is the number one consumer of energy, is essentially left starving. And it can't make all those happy, calm, rewarding brain chemicals known as neurotransmitters. So there are things like serotonin or dopamine or GABA. So you end up feeling more irritable, down anxious and so on and then you take those feelings that you have and you put it into your relationship so what do you do then uh, especially so I guess for today's relationship you have your job you're trying to sort of have that relationship maybe you have maybe you're married and you have children etc and you're in this constant hamster wheel of juggling everything and you know is this I, what's happening this to happens you, to me all the time <laughs> yeah you know and and honestly it's like oh so everyone else has had breakfast oh I don't have time I grab a banana have a glass of milk and then off I go but you then have you know maybe an eight 10 12 hour work day but then you have the the rest of it. So how do you balance that? Because you don't want to say to your husband, I love you, but I'm hating you right now because right. I'm, my body's starving for something. Yeah, I know exactly. And so some of the things that you want to do is try to have things that are easy and quick mm-hmm. and are, are readily available wherever you are. So typically when people have busy lifestyles, they're in multiple places, right? So then I say, okay, well, keep things in multiple places so you can easily make yourself a trail mix Mm -hmm. and trail mixes are great because you can put all sorts of nuts and seeds and cranberries right yeah and then you hide them away in places so sometimes I like open up a drawer and I'm like oh look at that I got some nuts (laughs) and how about making meals in advance right prepping in advance as well that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I do and I and I mean with my job I sit in a studio for eight hours a day. We do 14 shows a day. So I get teased about this little um, cooler that I bring into the studio and I have my little containers of food. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. So, so Angie, what is everyone else doing if they're, if they're making fun of you? 
Well, they're probably going out and getting food, right? Yeah. <laughs> or no, no, no. But I mean, honestly, like our producers and writers, and I mean, for the while I'm in studio, we've got our editors that are working hard. But they try. We try and make sure that they have a break. I think some of them do have um, some of those, uh, you know, snacks as you say that are available. But I don't know whether they always do. So they kind of need that mental break to say, I'm going to leave the studio and I'm actually go get something to eat and have that downtime. I know for me though, when I'm out of the studio, then I'm preparing for the next interview or writing an online article or whatnot, multitasking. We do FaceTime with the kids before we have to go back to the studio. So it's it's a constant, uh, um, if I can get five minutes to go walk around, then I'll do that. But yeah, And it sounds <laughs> like you're doing some great things too. Like you have your containers with you. So yep. you have like all these things that you've pre-packed, you've prepped, and those are really key. So if, as but long as sometimes you can get stuff it's like so that. hard to prep, mm-hmm. especially when you have a family. It right. absolutely is. And you go to, this week was great. Everything's all done. But next, week, not but next so week, I mean, this week, for example, is crazy. We have something every single night to a point that I'm like, all right, I'm going to be like, you know, the army mom and say, by this time we are done. (laughs) We're out. McDonald's this week? No, no, no McDonald's. No, no, no. Okay, Dr. Camba, you're a firm believer that what you eat affects your mood. So, um, and you've done a lot of research on Mm -hmm. this. So so talk about this. Sure. So as I was talking about before, so our brain's chemical messaging system are known as neurotransmitters, right? And there are a number of them. There's things like um, serotonin, which moderates happiness, dopamine, which is our reward system. I need system. more serotonin. Yes. I think we all do, though. Especially in the winter. Hap- but you're a very no, no, happy I, person. I, very I actually positive. am. But you know what? In the winter, like when there's yes. no sun, I need yeah. serotonin. And I think yeah. a lot of people do. So we we'll do. talk about that as well later yeah, on. Absolutely. But, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so then there's GABA, which makes you calm. And there's this acetylcholine, which is all that excitation. So, and then the production and distribution of these chemical messages within the brain are influenced by so many different things. It could be genetics, environmental, and then as I've researched, food as well. Mm -hmm. So let me to explain, let's go back to grade 10 science. So if you recall in grade 10 science, our bodies are made up of a whole bunch of cells, right? Cells are those circular things with the little blob in the The middle. The nucleus. The nucleus. Very good. (laughs) I remember all this. (laughs) That's perfect. So the outside, that cell membrane is known um, as is is, uh, oil-based, basically. It's called phospholipid, and it keeps fluid by having those oils within them. Now, if we take those same cells and we we go into the brain, it's the same thing. It's just now they're elongated and they have these like root-like projections and those they're called dendrites and they communicate with the other cells. Now within those neurons are those, so those cells in the brain, the neurons are the neurotransmitters. And so if we're feeling sad or if we're feeling down or and it's winter and there's no sun outside and we want to feel happy, well, we recruit serotonin from our brain and it fills up the brain with serotonin and we feel happy. However, here's the kicker. You've got the production of serotonin and other neurotransmitters and how they're released or how they're produced could be affected, right? So that's where the big issue comes in. So it's the production and that production is influenced by the foods that we eat overall. Amazing. But we need Mm -hmm. to take a break. So we're going to come back to this. We're talking about how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. 
And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. My co-host today is Angie Seth, weekend news anchor at Global News. Hello. And we're talking to Dr. Baljeet Kamba. She's a naturopath who researches nutrition for mental health. We're talking about how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. Before the break, we were talking about how... uh, what foods or how eating affects your mood or what foods affect your mood. And I'm going to ask you that right now. So what sorts of foods are considered bad for our mood? Well, really, it's all about those processed foods that are Mm -hmm. terrible because what happens is so processed foods are energy dense, right? The purpose of them is to keep up with this fast paced life that we live. So they're going to chalk them full of energy. And then the most energy hungry area of the of the body is the brain. Mm -hmm. So that energy goes to the brain. But what we haven't done is we haven't given our body any nutrients because while processed foods is energy dense, they're nutrient poor. So now you're not giving your body any of those nutrients. And as you recall, I was talking about those brain signals, those neurotransmitters. They need nutrients in order to produce the serotonin, in order to produce the dopamine, a GABA, and all those things. So, so any processed food then? Lots of processed foods, the pop, the sugary sort of, anything that's highly refined, high fat, all those terrible things. So here's a question that a lot of people I'm sure would want the answers to. How do you then balance the craving? Because mm-hmm. your body's now saying, I need something. Yeah. And we tend to crave the bad right. over the good. So how do we balance that to say, okay, I really want a bag of chips, but I should eat an apple yeah. first. Well, because considering the fact that a craving, part of it is behavioral. Mm-hmm. We've done the same thing and we know it's a surefire thing that works. Right. We know if that we go for that, you know, the chocolate bar or whatever it might be, it's going to work every single time. Well, it's going to make us feel good for that time. For that time being, right? Yeah. So now part of it, behaviorally, your body's craving energy, so sugary things or processed things. So now starting to shift it, saying, what my body's saying it needs energy. Mm-hmm. What are some good energy foods? So maybe dates and figs and maybe things like um, having a, a smoothie and chalking it full of lots of nutrients in there. Mm-hmm. So trying to do other things so that you can still get that energy that your body's actually craving. And that then lowers the the craving overall for the, the sugar. Because now you're getting more of the natural sugar exactly. into your body. Right. And I find that cravings happen when you don't allow your body to Mm -hmm. eat what it wants. I find that when I'm on a specific diet and, you know, two or three weeks go, go on and I, you know, I eliminate all sugar from my diet and then it's like I gorge and then I'm off track and then I can't get back on track. Mm -hmm. So how do I get back on track? Well, I think you, you started it off by saying you go on a diet. So diets are very short. So there's so many things around a diet. It's negative, right? When you're on a diet, you're right away. You're like, I got to be restrictive. I got, there's nothing fun about going on a diet. So when we say that word, we So it's know, almost like you, you want what you can't have. Exactly, cool. right? Mm-hmm. So you're setting yourself up by saying, okay, this is a negative something, and um, I'm going to be restrictive to my diet, and now you're putting yourself in this negative mood, where instead if you say, okay, well, I'm going to live a healthier lifestyle, where I'm going to make small, ex- like achievable changes that are you know enough of a challenge for me that I'm like, oh, this is different, but I'm, I can do it, and I can do it for the long term. And that so far, if, you know, if things, if I have like an off day where, you know, I went to a wedding and I, I had a bunch of alcohol and I ate a bunch of food and I did all this stuff, it's one day. But I think for me, it, it's it's a food combining diet and mm-hmm. I need to do that for my health because I don't have good digestion. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty drastic. I mean, I'm sure you as a naturopath, you know, I'm sure you 
probably put people on food combining diets and it's it's, it's a drastic diet yeah. and it's more for health reasons yes so and it's so hard to follow but but I and I've done it I did it for three months I actually went to Italy and followed a food combining diet but then I, I, I fall off the wagon and it's so hard like right now I need to get back home yeah. Well, how did it make you feel though when you it were on the diet? It made me feel so amazing. Okay. Like it gave me so much energy. I was so clear headed. Yeah. And yeah, I felt so good. My digestion was great. So yeah, it really did work. So, so how can someone go from, I guess, that specific diet to then modifying their eating habits to a modified version of that so that you kind of continue to exactly. feel that way? So I think part of it is perspective, the perspective that you have on it, right? So is this something that's doing wonderful, great things for me, or is it something that's restrictive? That's part one. Part two is, as a naturopath, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is, why is your gut behaving that way? And I want to heal from that level first, and then talk about things from there, seeing what's going on from a bacterial perspective, what's going on in your intestines, all that sort of good stuff. And then that helps me to sort of set you up on a plan. And then things waver here and there, because the idea is that you're not supposed to be on that plan forever. No, you have to reintroduce Exactly. certain foods eventually right. and then you can which see- I never did because then I was afraid that you know <laughs> then it wouldn't work it anymore would, right right yeah. and so that's where you got to heal the gut first okay let's talk about mood boosting foods mm-hmm. which what are they so <laughs> <laughs> chocolate so, all, right all well, the bad actually, stuff dark the bad chocolate dark chocolate is yeah so mm-hmm. overall what you're trying to do when you're boosting your mood is you want to have high fiber And you want to have low sugar, low glycemic index. So lots of fiber foods and low glycemic index overall. Then there's specific foods that you can also aim for. So for example, you know, it's Christmas time. So you want to have things like turkey, which is wonderful because turkey's got lots of tryptophan in it. Tryptophan is an amino acid and it breaks down into serotonin into our brain. But I know that uh, so many people eat turkey and then get tired right after. That's the whole point. Yes, that's what, so you get happy and full and sleepy and all sorts of great things. a blanket is is. cuddling you. (laughs) Yeah, and so you can't, so these are things that improve serotonin, but you can't just give your body a slab of turkey and say, go make me some serotonin. slab. And so, or whatever, like a leg. Many do try that, don't they? (laughs) They do. Many do try. But what you can do instead is so you give the, you get the turkey or you get the tryptophan from that source, but you also need the nutrients to back it up. Things like B vitamins, which come from your dark, leafy green vegetables, which are also important. Things like arugula. I heard mushrooms. Mushrooms are great too. Yeah, absolutely. Spinach. Spinach is, yeah, spinach is really high. probiotic rich foods? Yeah, probiotic. Because again, if you want to heal the brain, you got to go through the gut. (gasps) Bone broth. Bone broth is excellent. Lots of minerals in there. I need to start making bone broth. Yes. Bananas are high in tryptophan. Pulses. All sorts of great things. Oh, and dark chocolate, of course. Google bone broth, people. Okay, we need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. Stick with us. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM640. And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. We're talking about how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. My co-host today is Angie Seth, weekend news anchor at Global News. And Dr. Baljeet Kamba is here. She's a naturopath Mm -hmm. and she researches nutrition for mental health. Before the break, we were talking about mood-boosting foods. And I just want to ask you quickly, what are some mood-boosting nutrients? So some great ones would be things like B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, um, and the omega-3s are very important as well. So omega-3s are ones that are really good at making sure, remember I talked about those neurons in the brain? Mm -hmm. Well, in order for them to actually send those signals from one to the next to the next, you need to actually have a fluid 
fluid um, membrane. So that comes out with omega-3s, the good fats. So one thing I always tell my pa- ask my patients, I'm like, so what area do you think has of your body has the highest density of fat? And they'll say things like, oh, my hips my stomach and I'm like no actually it's your brain because <laughs> well, you, they tend to forget that right because yeah. you're looking at the places that you can see that have fat exactly so I have a question really quickly about pregnancy mm-hmm. um, I have three with the first one there really wasn't much I mean there were other issues with much talking about in terms of craving with the last two I was sick for nine months love chocolate hated it to like don't even bring it in the room hated chocolate when I was pregnant with the two of them and then after I gave birth, oh, my Lord, the first month, what do you want to eat? I'm like, just give me a bar of chocolate, like a bar of chocolate. <laughs> right. And I would sit there and nipple on it. I'm like, this is awful because I nursed, you know, for several months, et cetera. And I'm going, and I just, for like the first two weeks, that is all I craved. Mm-hmm. So were you craving like any specific type of chocolate or was it just chocolate? It was just chocolate. Right. So chocolate does contain a couple different things. So it has the magnesium in there, which is contributing. Remember I talked about the nutrients that mm-hmm. make serotonin. So it's part of that. The second part of it is the sugar. So, I mean, you just gave birth. That's a big <laughs> thing. You need energy after that. And you're, obviously your body was like, what's a quick source of energy that also makes me feel happy? Sugary, nice, yummy chocolates. Right. So I, I, wasn't, totally, I wasn't going crazy. Then. No, no, no. Oh, you're okay, good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Um, in a new direction now, I found an article in Mail Online with research conducted by Diet Chef that found 60% of people put on weight when they're comfortable in a relationship and that 52% of women eat just as much as their male partners. Are you guys guilty of this? No. I think I my husband more. My husband would I finish think, my meal. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, he calls okay. me a picker. Angie, you're so thin. He calls me. I, I'm 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 very bad with food. I'm awful. I'll <laughs> yeah. feed everybody else, and then if I've cooked like a full family meal, I'm like, right. well, now I'm full because I'm just smelling all of it everywhere. So you're so. the type of person then that eats to survive. Yeah, and he and, and the many many are like, you're just odd, and I'm like, yeah, I know. No. But I'll feed you well. Honestly, come over. You will not go home hungry. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But um, I'm the I, I'm the one that wants to feed everyone else. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just have a little bit of something. So something. I and that's how you communicate your love is through well, food. Well, there you go. Through food. And yeah. I think I eat just as much as my partner. How about you? I doctor? eat more. Yeah? <laughs> I, I'm well, definitely the one I that eats more. I can't tell by looking at you. <laughs> okay. She's tiny too, So the, the reasons for this is that 30% of couples say that their main activity together is staying in and watching television. While 20% state eating out together as a key bonding activity, which is true, mm-hmm. right? Something you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And that another study found that ladies stop taking care of themselves to look after their fella. And the idea of, I have this person now, I don't have to try anymore. So yeah. what do you ladies think about all this? I, well, don't, I don't agree with all of that. No. How can you avoid getting complacent in a relationship and avoid having this happen to us? I think that comes, well, for me, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a very active person, but I do that for myself. I don't do that to please my husband or, and you I, know. And that's a really important part is that you still have, you you like to have that me portion. And I think yeah. sometimes in a relationship, we can get lost in the we. Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, and I would say maybe I would get lost in it when I had my kids because right, you don't yeah. find the time. So I would find, I mean, I remember putting my first one in a snuggling. and we'd do the Stairmaster together and she'd fall asleep. So it was kind of great. And then after that, when I started training for marathons, I'd put her in the jogger and we'd go out for a long run. She'd get a nap in. And as she got older, we brought toys and books and it became sort of mommy time. So it's happened with all three of them. So I've done that. And I've kind of said to my husband, these are the kinds of things that I kind of need for me. He'd come out on runs with me. So we be, we made it a, a partner thing. We do races together and, and whatnot. But um, 
he I think he's realized like even if I'm getting a half hour run in it's important that I get that so in. work out together exercise yes that's together. a big part of it and I think the fact that you realize that those are the things that you need is really important because sometimes yeah. you know in relationships we don't always realize what we need or well ourselves and need. you can absolutely and get I think it's important that, yeah. too not to let yourself go completely and remember that there was something about the way that you looked mm-hmm. when they first met mm-hmm. you and so I think it's it's important to continue to do the things that you did and be the best person that you can be. And don't take your partner for granted, right? No, oh, absolutely, absolutely yeah. not. No, no, you no. Know, there's that saying where, you know, he's going to love me no matter what or she's going to love me no matter what. But you know what? Nowadays, relationships change. People change. You got to love yourself first. Well, mm-hmm. and if your partner's saying to you, well, maybe you need to, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> So we're going to talk about the confidence, confidence when we yeah. get back, okay? You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. Stick with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM640. Well, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to AM640, the dating and relationship show. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. My co-host today is Angie Seth, weekend news anchor at Global News. And we have a special guest, Dr. Baljeet Kamba. She's a naturopath. She's here today. We're talking about how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. So we know that healthy eating can improve mood, but can healthy eating also help with confidence and self-esteem? Yes, it can. Of course it can. (laughs) So I'm going to let you (laughs) explain why. Well, I think the reason why it'll help to boost your confidence overall is if you're eating healthy together, right, and then you're you're promoting yourself to go through some of those um, health-promoting behaviors, which overall can make the relationship really great. Plus, you're doing, as we've been talking about, now you're able to actually, by eating healthy and not eating those processed foods, you're now able to release those wonderful neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and all those great Does it ones. help with sex? Of course it will. Okay. Because you're going to be happy. And so <laughs> you'll be more in the mood to have sex rather than be, if you're having... Have more energy. Right, right. Because if you're eating processed foods, you're definitely going to... Shoot we hope libido. you have more energy. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, if you don't feel good about yourself, you're less likely to want to take off your clothes in front exactly. of your partner. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So how can we get into healthy eating habits as a couple? So I think a couple different things. You, you know, there's things that you can do such as cooking together. And you don't necessarily have to eat the same things, depending on how I your partner I can't is. get my partner to cook with me. No, can you, Angie? can I. My goodness. God that would be the him. last thing that I he'd want to do. I asked him to, I said, okay, can you, we're going to boil up some noodles, a pasta, right? Yeah. So I was on my way home from work. So I said, you know, so just, you know, get it ready. And he's like, okay, well, I'll make sure, you know, when you call me five minutes before, I'll turn it on. Little did I realize when I called him to say, we'll do pasta, he put water in the pot in the and the pasta and then left it on the stove. <laughs> and when I came home, I'm like, oh, did you boil the noodles already? And he's like, he goes, no. And I'm like, well, they look like they're pretty boiled to me. And he's like, no. And I'm like, I go, sweetie, what happens when you add pasta in water? And like, it was like a little sign squash. And he's like, what? And I'm like, well, I'm not eating that. I go, we, but I, no, he can barbecue and God bless we'll him. See, makes a great it. barbecue. Off you go. I will season the meat. And away you go, but it's me in the kitchen. And, right. and 
my issue is when I say, what would you like for dinner? He goes, what would you like for dinner? My <laughs> partner does the same thing. Right? Yeah. And so well, now, anything that you want, well, can you make a suggestion or exactly. something? Exactly. Or what would you not want? Right. And then, so it's just like with my kids, it's on your plate. There it is. You eat it. You don't like it. Figure it out. Okay. Well, and that's <laughs> it. So if you want to make, so in the example of the barbecue, so that's great. So, you know, he's got his section that he can do and yep. then you can add to that. Right. So there's. There's what happens in the winter when there's no barbecue? I know, right? So then you've got to come up with other things. And then other activities that you guys may want to do together, like hiking or walking. Yes, or, that, you know, that absolutely we uh, Yeah. How about we'll couples that like to drink? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are there some uh, healthy drink choices? I, I, I always hear A healthy this, margarita? Well, <laughs> vodka and water with lime or lemon. Yeah, so those things like that are And great. red wine. I'm yes, a they say red wine true is believer right. that you should it's drink at least one glass of red wine a day. One glass stick, is not like a healthy glass. Yeah, one glass. Like a and I'm going to stick with that. Well, <laughs> I love, I'm love. i looking at Laura's eyes get wider as she's talking about the red wine. Well, and red then I'm wine looking at Bulgy so trying to tone her down just a little bit. <laughs> okay, d- Dr. Uh, Kaba, is it true, though, that you should have some alcohol in your system? I feel that you're healthier when you do. <laughs> So what the alcohol is doing, let's go back to that. Mm-hmm. So when we're drinking alcohol and you want to see why you're drinking. So from a brain perspective, you're doing two things. One is GABA and GABA helps you to feel relaxed and happy and takes away anxiety. Secondly, you're putting sugar into your body. So the sugar, remember from that serotonin perspective, is going to make you feel happy. Now, this is where a larger conversation may need to be had is around why you're drinking. Is it just because it's a social thing and you're just going to enjoy your drink? And that's fine. But is it something that you're like, I need my alcohol to relax? Because that's maybe part of another conversation. Mm. And so then there's so there's so many different reasons. But if you wanted to take a look at, let's just assume it's like a weekend or, you know, every other day or so you have a glass of wine. And that's because great. Because it tastes really, really good. It's got good. antioxidants <laughs> and resveratrol and all sorts of wonderful things in it. But having things, maybe sharing it and exploring like different wines and trying different regions, pairing it with different foods, and then having lots of nutri- lots of like um, electrolytes and water well, with it. Well, I know people that are party animals and never get sick. And then I know people that have never drank a day in their life and they got cancer. That's just... And I, think, I don't yeah, think there's a link there. Yeah. Like my, I know my mom and my dad... He loves he loves the red wine, and he and my husband will oh you know Papa I got this kind of wine and they'll do, you know oh God you got to get me some more bottles of that but he'll do that with my mom mm-hmm. he'll pour you know but have a glass and he'll sort of cut up some cheese and whatnot and has this you know little thing that they do together and yeah. I'm not a drinker but that's something that he does with her and I think they enjoy that though she goes oh, I don't want a glass of wine he goes yes you do <laughs> and then they have you know it's a nice way for them to relax I think so but yeah. um. But yeah, I don't know if the, I don't think there's a necessarily a link unless you are a heavy drinker. Then you're dealing with issues yes, like the then, liver. Exactly. Then you've got pancreas and liver and all sorts of other stuff to deal with. But yeah, the the ideas of a healthy balance. Though. A healthy balance, right? So you got you got to see what's your Everything personal in moderation. body type, right? Okay, what if one partner wants to eat healthy with no support from the other partner? Yes, and I do hear that. Sometimes my patients will come in and say, it's great that you want me to eat healthy and you want me to do this, that, and the other, but my partner or, you know, I have a family of kids to feed, this isn't going to happen. And so that's where I'm like, okay, so if it's a, so for example, if it's your partner, I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you guys don't necessarily need to eat the exact same thing, but you also don't need to make two separate dinners. Mm -hmm. There can be things that are the same, so, for example, you can have the protein maybe the same, like you can have both have a steak or, you know, whatever you want to have. And then where one may want pre- one may want um, potatoes, the other can have How about he gets what he gets? Hey, if you can do that. <laughs> well, out, sometimes awesome. that's, I mean, in, in my, my husband is a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Yeah. He loves his meat. I don't necessarily think that you need to have yeah. meat 
three meals a day. Um, but it will be, hey, what's for dinner tonight, hon? Because I'll say, here it is. And that's kind of it because I've sort of lost hope and saying, are you going to give me a suggestion? <laughs> nope. nope. Crickets? Okay, and that, there we go. And that's what I sort of do. I do much the same with my partner. I just sort of make the food and then I leave it there and he'll complain. And she leaves a dish and slides it over. I just push it over and I, I look the other way and I just start eating. <laughs> okay, we need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640. I'm Laura Bellata. My co-host is Angie Seth. So happy to have you here today. Well, You're you. so amazing. She's the weekend news anchor at Global News. Watch her. I do I'm, every I'm weekend. I'm blushing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Belgique Camba, she's a naturopath. Uh, who researches nutrition for mental health. We're yep. talking about how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. And now I want to talk about relationship between sex and food. Ooh, yeah. Everybody likes to talk about sex or... Yeah, so what is... Okay, so for those of, of us who have not... I know what it is, but for those of us who have uh, heard of the term aphrodisiac, but doesn't know what it is. Can you explain what it is? Mm -hmm. So the idea of an aphrodisiac is some sort of substance or something that's going to increase your sexual desire, your libido, all that sort of good stuff. But overall, I like to think of it as something that appeals. So if you're going to increase your sexual desire, you've got to do it through the five senses, right? So we can talk about different foods and things like that that may improve um, sexual functioning, but really it's about incorporating all the five elements. Because arousal intake, arousal means, you know, the lighting and the mood that you're trying to set, the the environment, making it comfy, and then also the food that you're having as well. You want to have good, yummy food that feels good, that you're enjoying, all those types of things. So is this food that you're having as your meal, or is this food that you're incorporating into your little... Well, there's two parts you or can take. Or is it food that and you should be eating all week? You know, <laughs> no. you're going to have a great yes, weekend. That's <laughs> true, too. You could do it that way. Well, you know, what you can also do is... Because I ate a pound of oysters once and it didn't do anything. Do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so there's certain foods that have nutrients and elements to them that are known to help increase libido. It's not going to say that if you eat a pound of oysters, you're going to you know, <laughs> ring a ding kid. But <laughs> Darn! <laughs> but what you're seeing here is, so if you have oysters, so oysters contain zinc, right? And mm -hmm. also the other part of oysters, like I talked about, it's you're appealing to the five senses. It's the texture. It's the, the sliminess and all that sort of stuff that um, is a part of it. But zinc essentially increases sperm production. <gasps> so it's for fertility. And it's an anti in men. In men. In and men, it's also zinc is a good antidepressant. Um, and then other things like cardamom. So you can have like a chai, which has got cardamom in there, and that's right. also a nice one. Um, chili peppers. I mean, the look of chili peppers. And cause I happens, love chili peppers. Well, what happens when you have chili but you, peppers? But you can't eat too many. No, and that's it. But you start sweating. Your heart rate increases. All the things that happen when you're starting to become aroused. So that's the idea of chili peppers being that. Um, honey because honeys are known to pollinate. And so, and you can do fun things with honey and it's got boron in there, which moderates testosterone and estrogen, fun dark chocolate. Fun things with honey. Fun things with honey. <laughs> you can do, you can have honey on your honey. Okay. Honey on your honey. All right. 
And then uh, dark chocolate, like we were talking about, which increases dopamine and magnesium, makes you feel good. Chocolate so you can, sauce. Right. Or chili or chili peppers. <gasps> chili, and, chocolate, yeah. chili, chili chocolate sauce. With some chai on the side and maybe a glass of wine. So is this supposed to be like an instant reaction? No, this is something that's, you know, it helps, but it's not going to be something that occurs right away. And I think it helps. Like I said, aphrodisiacs are all about all appealing all the five senses. So you want to set the mood, you want to feel happy, you want to be comfortable, you want to have good lighting, you know, look at your partner and be aroused, look at yourself and be aroused, all these great things. Bananas have got bromelain in them, and bromelain helps to, again, with testosterone, and it uh, it's also got lots of B vitamins in there, which increase that serotonin and tryptophan. So let's talk about being out of control. Mm-hmm. You're out of control, and um, what can we do to gain a stronger hold over our eating decisions when we don't really have any control of ourselves? Right. So when you mean out of control, I'm assuming like if you're, say, if you're eating out lots or and there's poor planning, I when it comes to patients that come in to see me, the first thing I'll do is like, okay, well, let's start with the easiest thing possible. Can we start with breakfast? Mm-hmm. Is there ways that we can just make breakfast, you know, spend half an hour and make breakfast for the week and have all that organized? So all you got to do is Boil grab some breakfast. eggs. Boil some eggs. Eggs. You do have muffins. We'll you do can, muffins yeah. in the morning. I know for my older one, she's in another house quickly. So I like, ah, I made muffins. Here, there take you go. a muffin. Take, exactly. You know. And then yeah. once you have that, once that's easy and it's doable and it's repetitive, then mm-hmm. you're like, then you're ready to move on to the next challenge and maybe the next one's lunch and maybe the next one's snacks. But taking it a little at a time, because I think we need to think that it's, uh, often we think that we have to do it all in such a short period of time. And there's also, again, when you kind of go back to sort of what your job and what your life mm-hmm. is like, you put everyone, I mean, I sometimes find I'll fall into this where I'm eating dinner late because yeah. I'm trying to get everything else done. Um, you get home, you get stuff done, you get the kids organized, get them to bed, and you're like, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. I, I guess I should eat dinner. Yeah. Um, and so how do you sort of pull yourself out of that because you're trying to desperately multitask without losing the day? And if so, if that's the one part of it is if that's the exception that's been occurring for a period of time, where is that the norm? So if it's an exception, you're like, okay, you know, I know normally I do well, but just these last couple of weeks, things are crazy. So let it be. You know, okay. things happen. Forgive yourself. Don't beat yourself up. And you're like, okay, well now how do I get back on track with doing things? And you don't have to go right back to the way you used to be, but slowly working towards there. Right. And how do you feel about eating late? Well, you know what? Eating late kind of... It, it disables you for the next day sometimes, right? Because you could be... And the you wake up starving the next morning. Right, because, you know, your stomach is stretched out and all these other mm. things. So I, my ideas are maybe to have a smaller meal when you're... If you're going to be eating late, and if that's because maybe foods weren't eaten properly during the day, make it small and protein, have more protein. But it's not necessarily bad for you. No. You're better off eating something than not eating. Exactly. Okay. We're taking a break. Uh, Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's tip is update your condo evaluation. Do you know what your condo is worth? Because right now, the condo market is hot. Typically, condos were evaluated every year or two, but with today's hot condo market, if your condo was assessed even three months ago, it's time to have a reassessment. Know what your condo is worth. Call or email me for an evaluation and reassessment. I can help you. 
So they can reach you at HGP at BosleyRealEstate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Vellata from SingleInTheCity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today. What a great show. We have Dr. Belgie Camba with us. She's a naturopath and co-host Angie Seth. She's the weekend's news anchor at Global News. We're talking about how food and healthy eating impacts our relationships. Now, I forgot to ask you, because in the last segment we were talking about aphrodisiacs, are there any foods or eating habits that decrease libido? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So one of them, so there's actual foods and then there's, you know, your digestive system overall. Because if you're gassy and bloated and... Uh-oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. that might not be the best scenario <laughs> for, no. for Very for libido. Yes, exactly. No, so that's a part of it as well. Because if you're bloated and gassy and we're looking at the gut-brain sort of connection, you're not going to have a high sex drive in that regard. And then in addition to that, if you're having things like the sugary foods or pop, then what happens is it actually decreases your free testosterone overall. And not only that, eating those foods puts puts you at risk of having an unregulated or dysregulated sugar, blood sugar overall, which puts you at risk of diabetes, which also decreases your, your sex drive. Now, alcohol is another one, whereas a little bit of alcohol is fine, just your, you know, an average amount of alcohol is okay. But if you overindulge alcohol, then you do end up decreasing your libido overall. Now, other things would be, um, so if you're having a glass of wine and it goes a little too far, that's one part of it. Another one would be maybe alongside that some popcorn. So popcorn. popcorn's great, but if you're having but that microwavable, that, there yeah. you go, the microwavable popcorn. Exactly, because we do we do that. the old fashioned in the pot with right. the oil, mm-hmm. and, which is a lot healthier. Yes. It is, yeah. and that's a lot better for you. And so by having the microwave popcorn, there's a chemical on the bag. Ew, that's gross. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> I'm never bag, eating it again. No, and that bag and that chemical will specifically lower your your libido. Now, uh, how do you guys feel about uh, tooting in front of your partner? I stepped on a duck. That's what I usually no, say. I mean well, farting. That's what I say. Oh, I usually okay. say I stepped on a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. I've had three children. My husband has seen me in, has seen parts of me I haven't seen. So if he let out a little gas, <laughs> it's like, whoa, didn't expect it to be like that. But there you go. And he right. responds, what look at that sweetie yeah. way to go. High <laughs> five. Exactly. Because yeah. what if you're feeling gassy one night? You know, yeah. what are you supposed to leave the room every two minutes? No, oh, I, I go into, I'm like, excuse me, I'm feeling a little off. I'm going to. Be kind enough and go into the living room, and there we go. Well, for me, it's de- <laughs> my I mean, kids laugh I'm, at me. It depends on how bad it is so <laughs> uh, <laughs> and how I lazy well, I am. As a parent, but I don't have any. Th- there's no privacy for me. <laughs> That's the true. The only time I'm on my own is the physically if there's nobody in the house. Otherwise, I can't lock the bathroom door. Yeah. So hey, and like it's what you see is what you get. So exactly. There you go. <laughs> okay. So what are some things that you can do together as a couple to boost your mood? Maybe not tooting together. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could be supportive of the other person's toot. I don't know. <laughs> so things you could do as a couple together. So physical, so things to improve your move are going to be things like yoga and meditation and breathing together and, you know, even just stretching and being a part of each other's lives and appreciating each other, getting, those small things. Getting people to meditate is so difficult. Yeah. Well, I start true. laughing. I, well, even I try it, to meditate and I just I I just can't get there. But meditation could also just mean just stopping for 30 seconds and taking a couple deep breaths. Fair enough. My meditation that's, is my runs. Yes. And I, I say the same thing. I have and a moving meditation. mine are meditation. my long walks, my that's hikes. It, yes. Yeah. And I'm much the same as well. So my spouse and I will go on hikes 
and we yeah. we like to do that sort of and thing. We'll find it with nature. Yes, we go and we ground ourselves in nature. Okay, and last question: mm-hmm. What are some things that w- we can do for ourselves um, where we're not necessarily on a diet, but we want to take care? of ourselves and be the healthiest that we can be. Yes. So what you want to do is the biggest thing that I love telling my patients is, look, give yourself 90 seconds of just something just for you. That's something positive. Mm -hmm. That could be, you know, maybe grabbing a little bit of olive oil and rubbing it onto your hands and moisturizing your hands. That could be maybe drinking a glass of water. So, or it could be even something larger than that. Maybe just, you know, ordering healthy food for yourself, but 90 seconds for the day and committing yourself to saying for 90 seconds, it's just about me and something positive and healthy. And then you praise yourself. That's not enough time. (laughs) That's enough time. And then as time goes on, then you can extend it because then you're like, oh, you know, I can. I'll take 90 seconds. Exactly. I'm sure you're a busy mom. I'll take it. You have an hour right now. This is true. You had an hour today. Well, you know what? Thank you so much, Dr. Baljeet Kamba, for discussing healthy food and eating in relationships with us. You're welcome. Dr. Kamba is a naturopath and has great expertise in uh, her in naturopathic medicine. And to connect with her further, you can check out um, her Instagram page. It's Dr. Kamba, that's K-H-A-M-B-A underscore naturopath. And Angie... Always a pleasure to oh, see you. I love you. hanging out with you. This is wonderful. You can Thank check you. Uh, out Angie. She's a weekend news anchor on Global News. I love watching you on the weekend, Thank by you, the honey. way. And she, uh, you can also check out our Instagram, which is Angie Seth. And for me, since we're talking about food today, Single in the City is having a Thai cooking class this week. And you can check out singleinthecity.ca for more information. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, have a great week, everyone. And see you next week. Ciao for now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.